Welcome to the Chopped Guillotine Fantasy Football Podcast with your host, Joe Harris. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Chopped Guillotine Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Harris, and today... You know the formula, you know what time it is. It's time for our start sits, our ads, drops, our trades, our our sells, our buys, everything. I, I don't even know why I said starts and sits at the beginning. That's literally like two episodes from now. Whatever. We're getting into it. Um, today's episode is still sponsored by Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Save those titties. We've got a fantastic episode planned out for you today. We're going to open... With the waiver wire ads, we've got one of the more interesting waiver wires of the season. Not that your waiver wire isn't interesting. You're getting, you know, four or five high caliber starters dropped to it every single week. But I can't talk about every player in the NFL. So for that reason, we're going to have to talk about the guys who are more than likely or just have a really good chance to be on your waivers. There's three guys we talked about last week that are still really in the low roster percentage, and they still might be out there. Now is absolutely the time to look for them. It's Keaton Mitchell, it's Quentin Johnston, and it's Jackson Smith Najigba. If you are curious about why you should add any of those players, go back and check episode 19. Or I could, you know, I could also just tell you that Keaton Mitchell is a really fast running back. He's currently on the IR. He plays for the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens have some serious running back problems. And if you're going to target a sleeper running back, it should be someone who has, you know, question marks around the rest of the backfield. He's a guy who could really break out. This is the exact sort of player that John, that John Harbaugh loves to get the ball to. Played at a small school, played incredibly well. He, he looked like a man amongst boys playing at Eastern, um, at East Carolina University, go Pirates. And then Quentin Johnson and Jackson Smith and Jigba, kind of the exact opposite. These are two dudes that played at enormous schools. They were drafted really high in the NFL draft. They haven't done much. Um, they haven't done much this year. But they very well could have been dropped just because, A, they hadn't done much, and B, they were going on to a buy. But... Coming off of a bye is when teams like to get their first-round rookies more involved, not just at the wide receiver position or not just at like fantasy-relevant positions, but this is true across offensive lines and you know defense everywhere. Teams go back to the drawing board. They say, okay, these are the problems we're having. We drafted this guy to solve that problem. Let's work him in. And on the Chargers side, Quentin Johnston has an enormous role possibly available for him with the recent Mike Williams injury. Jackson Smith and Jigba, no injuries just yet, but with the way DK Metcalf plays and the way that um, Tyler Lockett is older, it's not out of the question. And it's also a offense that can absolutely support a third receiver. They don't have anyone really dominating the slot target share or route share. And if they come out of the bye with the intention of getting the guy who they drafted 20th overall more involved with their team, then you're going to be really happy that you picked him up. On to the new guys, though. 
to the new waiver ads. The first highest priority of guys that are probably chilling there on your waiver is Josh Downs, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. He was a rookie this year. He has played very well. Well, he's played very sporadically, but he's played very well under one condition, and that one condition is Gardner Minshew under center. I'm really sad. Everyone's really sad about Anthony Richardson and his shoulder injury, but this does open up an opportunity for guys like Josh Downs or other receivers, pass catchers on this team, to be more relevant. You're going to see more pass attempts from Gardner Minshew than you would from Anthony Richardson just because... Gardner Minshew can't run. I think he probably runs about a 6'6", 40-yard dash. When Josh Downs has been on the field with Gardner Minshew, he has had a 25% target share. You do not find 25% target shares on the waiver wire ever. You go add this guy, you spend 5 perhaps even 10% of your original fab. It's, you know... It all depends on your league. It depends on if the guy who just got chopped had a lot of receivers, then the demand for Josh Downs is going to be lower. If he didn't have quite as many, you might have to spend up a little bit more for him. He is a top-tier priority ad. You should be targeting him in all of your leagues. Another really high-priority ad, Deontay Foreman. He has, I don't think he's taken a snap. He's a running back for the Chicago Bears. Should have introduced that uh, at the very beginning. He was signed uh, pretty early on in free agency. He's been a really good backup fantasy running back. He produced with the Titans two years ago when Derrick Henry, Henry excuse me, was out. He produced with the Panthers last year after Christian McCaffrey was traded. This year with the Bears, he's only seen five carries so far. I looked it up, confirmed. Five carries so far. But... An enormous opportunity might present itself. It's very rare that the RB3 for a team has a shot to get workhorse workload. But that's what we might be looking at this week. Roshan Johnson had a concussion. It was a Thursday game, so he has a higher chance to come back from it than normal. But generally, even with a Thursday game, players have a upwards of 50% chance to miss a game immediately after being concussed with NFL con concussion protocol rules. And then obviously, if, I mean, if you don't follow Bears football, you might not actually know this, and I don't blame you for not following Bears football, but Khalil Herbert suffered a knee injury. He might end up going on the IR. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Khalil Herbert later in the show, but that opens up a really interesting opportunity for Deontay Foreman. If the site that you are on does not currently project Deontay Foreman to be the starter, you can get him for way cheaper. That's why he's my second priority ad, just because there's a chance that whatever site you're on doesn't have the projection set in a way that mirrors Deontay Foreman just being the workhorse back for one week. And that's exactly what you're getting with that ad. I mean, one, two, three percent of your fab. I might even try to sneak a free bid out on him and see if it works, if I'm feeling, you know, pretty comfortable at my running back position, but he is a, he's a premier band-aid, just like Jaleel McLaughlin was last week. Additional waiver ads, we're going to go through these last few a little bit quicker. Jonathan Mingo, this is a 
rookie wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. The organization wanted him. Bryce Young wanted him. He's been seeing more playing time and more points in three straight weeks. That's a trend I'm willing to buy into. I definitely don't have the balls to start him, but he's better than someone at the bottom of your bench. He's better than lots of people at the bottom of my benches. I'm dropping Jimmy Garoppolo and Zach Wilson to try to pick him up uh, in both of the leagues that I'm still active in. Amari DeMarcado is a really popular pickup this week. I I don't think it's unreasonable to pick him up. I just don't feel supremely confident in starting him. The James Conner role was a pretty rare one that I don't think the Cardinals are just going to hand over to DeMarcado. We're talking about a third down back that hasn't shown much else outside of his ability to be a be a passing downs back and he might stay the third down back we've seen a lot of times in the past when running backs get injured we get really excited about an unproven backup and we say oh he already has the third down role now he's going to get the early downs role too and then the team just doesn't give it to him there's an outside there's not not even an outside shot there's a reasonable chance that this happens to demarcado in the preseason, Keontae Ingram was the clear RB2. He was taking every snap right behind James Conner in preseason in training camp. Now, Keontae Ingram has been dealing with a neck injury. He is currently listed as questionable. He also logged two consecutive limited practices um, leading into week five. We, we haven't had any practice reports coming out of Arizona yet. Obviously, it's a Tuesday. So if he continues to either practice in a limited fashion or practice in full, that would indicate that he is on track to play on Sunday. And if that's the case, I am not nearly as excited about DeMarcado as everyone else seems to be. And the final most important waiver ad is anyone on a buy or anyone who might be injured. Go to the bottom of that waiver pool. If you are like me, and sort your waivers by fantasy point projections, then be sure every week after people get chopped, you scroll down to the bottom and you see if anyone who's laying out there is just, you know, just a guy on a bike. It could be Aaron Jones, right? Potential top 10-ish running back sitting there, and half of your league isn't going to see him because they don't check. Be the guy who checks. Be the girl who checks. Don't be a dumbass. Anyways, moving on to the drop candidates. We've got three, four-ish. I don't know. Not all of them are distinct players. You'll see in a second. Uh, the first one is a guy who I talked about last week. He didn't get dropped because he had a really good matchup. It's Dalvin Cook. And last week he played against the Denver Broncos. I, You know what? I don't entirely blame you for not dropping him. You know, you may have thought, oh, he might do really good against the Broncos, and then I can trade him on the promise that, like, maybe he matters. He doesn't matter. He doesn't. We we saw it in this game. He got six carries for, I think, 23 yards. Nothing special going on there. Michael Carter has completely taken over the third down roll, and Brees Hall is better than Dalvin Cook at everything. He's entirely droppable. His roster ship is over 70% right now. 
ESPN leagues, I would expect that to drop all the way down to like 15%. There, there is no reason to keep holding him on your roster. He is a low-end backup running back. And we're going to talk about low-end backup running backs here in a second. Um, another drop running back candidate is Khalil Herbert. This You don't have to drop him right now. This is entirely contingent on if he gets placed on the IR. If he goes on the injured reserve and you can't stash him, he is the least valuable injured reserve player, and you should feel no problem dropping him. If he misses four weeks, by the time he's back, you will never feel confident starting him. The only way you will feel confident starting him is if guys like Roshan Johnson and Deontay Foreman get hurt in the time that Khalil Herbert is out. I wouldn't bet on the injury bug biting the Bears that hard, knock on wood. But this is a guy who, if you drafted him, he did really well for you. He outperformed the expectation, and you, you should be willing to cut bait. You know, maybe send out a few offers, try to get one or two fab dollars back for him, but... In the event that he goes on IR, because he it looks like he could very well miss three or four games, even if he doesn't go on IR, it's it's not especially worth holding on to, because by the time he comes back, not only are you going to be looking at a shallower league, but you're also going to be looking at three-ish weeks of Roshan Johnson probably looking like a really awesome running back for the Bears. And so if that's the case... There's no shot you're going to end up starting Khalil Herbert. Next drop candidates, it's the Giants wide receivers. Daniel Jones has a neck injury. He also might have several brain injuries. And the offensive line, you know, I honestly can't put it all on Daniel Jones. The O-line might not actually be starting five guys. It might be an optical illusion. I wouldn't be shocked if there were only four offensive linemen lining up for the Giants week in and week out. And now you might have Tyrod Taylor throwing him the ball. Tyrod Taylor is a guy who locks in on his top target. The Giants wide receivers are simply not the top targets. If you want to hold on to Wandale Robinson, I won't blame you. I think he's probably the only one who's maybe worth holding on to because Wandale Robinson was running with a second team a lot during preseason and during training camp and all that. And obviously, if you're running with the twos, that means you're running with the backup quarterback. So his rapport with Tyrod Taylor might be there, and he might end up still being pretty good. Other than that, drop them all. They don't belong on a roster. They're terrible. And then the last group of guys who you want to be dropping are backup running backs who are not true handcuffs. So what a true handcuff would look like is Jerome Ford is the best example. He is clearly not better than Nick Chubb. Nowhere close. But there's also no one really on the Browns who is going to be taking work away from him by a significant margin. Kareem Hunt's there. I know. He's a third down back. Passing downs, that's... That's not even what Nick Chubb was doing when Nick Chubb was the guy there. But thinking about 
backup running back situations that might be ambiguous, those aren't guys worth holding on to. Guys like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who would be splitting carries with Jarek McKinnon in the event that Isaiah Pacheco goes down. Guys like Rico Dowdle, who would be splitting with um, short guy from K-State, who I can't remember the name of, in the event that uh, Tony Pollard goes down. The Bengals' backup running backs, Travion Williams, Chris Evans, both of them not not guys you can get really excited about if the running back one goes down. It's good to roster backup running backs, but it's bad to roster backup running backs who might be poop if the first guy goes down. And those guys, they might be poop, respectfully. Moving out of the waiver wire section of the show, we're going to get to the buys, sells, and holds, and holds, holds, Holds. There was a D at the end of that word. We are we are talking about holds. Holds. <clears throat> Anyways, um, first buy. It's Chris Olave. He's had a couple of really bad weeks back to back. There are two reasons for that. The first of which matchup. I know he doesn't have a great matchup uh, coming into this week, playing the Houston Texans, who just shut down passing games for no reason other than they just really hate fantasy football. Um, Alvin Kamara is a fantastic start this week, by the way. <laughs> if you've got Alvin Kamara on your team, you feel fantastic. Um, but if someone's got Chris Olave on their team, they might not feel so fantastic. I don't feel like there's much cause for concern. He's had bad quarterback play for the last two weeks. That's because Derek Carr is coming off the AC joint sprain. He himself... Chris Olave had suffered a turf toe injury um, in week, that was week four, and then he caught one pass for four yards in week four. He caught two passes for 12 yards in week five. He did catch a touchdown, thank goodness, but there's probably a lot of people out there who are panicking on Chris Olave. If you can get him on the cheap, get him on the cheap, right? One of the some of our sell candidates, if you can turn them into Chris Olave, you're going to feel pretty fantastic. If you can get him for something around 10% of a fab budget, you're going to feel excellent. I would feel excellent making that move. You should make that move. Uh, the next buy, he's a guy who I talked about last week as well. He's still not getting a ton done. It's Joe Mixon. Part of this, part of the reason he's not getting a ton done is because 80-plus percent of his carries go between the tackles. It's not, they're not creative carries either. They're not even like draw plays. It's literally snap it, give it right to him, go up the middle for three or four yards. It It's really tough to watch, but this is still a guy who has 70-plus percent of his team's running back workload in every game. He has route participation. He's not catching a ton of passes just yet. And he's not getting into the end zone a ton. These are all things that can most certainly bounce back. He plays against the Seattle Seahawks this week. Am I right about that? Yes, I'm right about that. Sorry, I blank for a second. Anyways, playing against the Seattle Seahawks this week, not a vaunted run defense. Excellent pass defense. Not only have they gotten pretty good pressure all year, but their cornerback duo. Oh, yeah, sorry. I had to come back and uh, edit out the thing that I said about the cornerback duo there. Anyways, 
it it should be a Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow come back down to Earth Week. Then you get Joe Mixon. And the sad thing about Mixon is he does go on a bye the following week. So the honestly, the best thing you can do with Joe Mixon, you buy him right now. He does good this week, and then you sell him right after he comes back off the bye. TJ Hawkinson is the third buy candidate. I mean, he's he he is the definition of a buy low. Anyone who has two consecutive bad games and then something enormously beneficial to their situation happen, it, it doesn't get any better than that. He's had two real stinkers. He just hasn't had the target share to make it work. He's still running a ton of routes. He doesn't leave the field. He's not pass blocking whenever the Vikings are passing. And no Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks minimum. TJ Hawkinson might be the number one target in this offense. It could also very well be Jordan Addison. It could also very well be KJ Osborne. Honestly, everyone on the Vikings, except for Alexander Madison right now, seems to be a good buy. I would advise a little bit of caution because it's not impossible that they trade Kirk Cousins, but we'll talk about that more in just a second. TJ Hawkinson, though, given the state of the tight end position, Unless you have Travis Kelsey, you should be looking to turn whatever your tight end is into TJ Hawkinson. And last, the last specific guy we're going to talk about is Devontae Smith. I He's he's one of those guys who right now is a statistical anomaly. He is almost always open. He has the exact same route participation as A.J. Brown, and he has a quarter as many points as A.J. Brown. There is no reason for this to continue. They've got the Jets this week. The Jets could, I would honestly, I would really expect the Jets to hone in on A.J. Brown. I think you could see a lot more open targets um, for Devontae Smith to get in this game. And then after that, they play Miami, and then they play Washington. Like, two either not great secondaries or high-scoring games. Honestly, probably both in both of those situations. Devontae Smith, I really like what these next three weeks look like for him. Uh, They get Dallas, and then they go on a bye right after that. So, you know, Devontae Smith might be another buy low, and then when it comes to the Washington matchup, then then you can sell high. But if nothing else, right now, it's a buy low. It's it's really hard to see him doing worse than what he has done. And that's, I mean, that's the definition of guys who you should be buying. Let's move on now to the sells. We've got four guys who we want to talk about on the sells. First one, making his return. We talked about him last week. We meant it, and he got real lucky with that receiving touchdown. It's Alexander Madison. Every week for the last three weeks, Alexander Madison's running back snap share and his total carries and his route participation have decreased. And this week, it wasn't even Cam Akers taking the work. It was C.J. Ham, a fullback. Do you know why we don't have a fullback position in fantasy football? Because it, it it's even less relevant than tight ends. And you know how much I hate tight ends. Alexander Madison plays the Chicago Bears this week. 
he's going to do well this week, more than likely. The Chicago Bears, they, they can't stop a running back for the life of them. That is what you should be selling Alexander Madison on. Get him off the team right now. He'll do well next week. He's going to be on the sell list next week too, I promise you. But then after that, we may never talk about him on this show again. We may not. Cam Akers, if he's on the waiver wire, he's a good free ad. He might become the exact same thing that Alexander Madison is right now, which is not good, but if you can get it for free, get it for free. The next sell, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, I am so excited for all of you who drafted Joe Burrow out there because the Joe Burrow sell window has opened. And it's going to slam shut immediately after this week. He played the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals did not blitz him. The Arizona Cardinals did not play press coverage. Joe Burrow got the ball out quick because he had time, limited time, but more time than he would have had if they blitzed him, which everyone has done up to this point. And the reason he was able to complete those shorter area throws, for the most part, he, he did have a few good shots to Jamar Chase, but most of his passing game was working underneath, and the Arizona Cardinals just allowed that. The first four weeks of the season, people just didn't allow that, and Joe Burrow did not play well. He has a favorable matchup against the Seattle Seahawks, after which he immediately goes on by, and then he comes out and has three completely brutal matchups that you can't start him in. It goes San Francisco, then it goes Buffalo, and then it goes Houston. Those are two, those are, excuse me, those are three top five teams against fantasy quarterbacks. And then he's got Baltimore right after that, and Baltimore might be a good defense, might not. It We, we really never know on Baltimore. Just, I don't know if everyone on their defense is going to be injured by week 10. So, the Joe Burrow sell high window has opened. Not even sell high. The Joe Burrow sell at all window has opened. Be working your trade partners. Whatever whatever you can get is going to be more than what you can get at any other point in this season. Do it now or you'll live to regret it, I assure you. And the last two sells are guys who I generally tell you to hold. We're going to get to the holds. <clears throat> Holds in just a second. But Justin Jefferson and George Pickens, that's a guy who was on the injured reserve and a guy who was on buy. I generally don't like to sell those guys. And if I have George Pickens and I'm not in a tough spot, I'm definitely not going to sell him. And kind of the same goes for Justin Jefferson. There's just a lot of question marks surrounding Jefferson right now. He's going on the IR for at least four games. It's not impossible that he stays on the IR for longer than that. It's also nowhere near impossible that when he comes back from the IR, the, the Vikings have a different quarterback. Four games without Justin Jefferson for this team. They, they've only had one win so far, and that was against one of the worst teams in football. It's really, really hard to not be concerned about whether or not the Vikings just say fuck it and blow it up. Because they could. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me, it wouldn't surprise you if this happened. If they are one in seven or one in eight by the time Justin Jefferson gets back, 
I don't think Kirk Cousins is there. He's on the last year of his contract. They could shut Justin Jefferson down, ship Kirk Cousins off, and draft Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams on this team would would be an instant Super Bowl contender. Justin Jefferson, he's got Jordan Addison, who he played with in college. Excellent play caller. The defense is terrible, but, I mean, we've seen great young quarterbacks not care at all about how bad their defense is. I mean, we, we saw Patrick Mahomes in his first year starting go to overtime in the AFC Championship game, and that's the comp. that he, He's the only quarterback who you can comp to Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. But that's not the point. We're not here to talk about how awesome Caleb Williams is. We're here to talk about how Justin Jefferson, the the bottom just really might fall out on him. If you are a risk-averse fantasy player, which in guillotine formats I tend to be, I would sell. I think you can still get 30 to 40% of a free agent acquisition budget for him. And if that's the case, I think I just cash it in. I think I just take it and move on. You know, if, if he ends up being fantastic and you end up regretting it, then I I feel way better than if he ends up just not coming back at all and I'm the guy who's, you know, stuck holding the hot potato on Justin Jefferson. And George Pickens, who I mentioned very briefly, he's on a bye right now. Deontay Johnson's going to come back. I think George Pickens is awesome. His route tree has really expanded when, like, from the second Deontay Johnson stopped playing. When Deontay Johnson comes back, if the route tree goes back to what it was before, then George Pickens turns back into, you know, basically a Gabe Davis on a bad offense who only runs vertical routes. He's coming off of a couple, a couple few really impressive games. If you are in a league with a Steelers fan, he has seen George Pickens be incredible this might be the very highest value that George Pickens is going to have. Deontay Johnson is a target soaking up monster, and this offense is not good enough to be on the field for more than, you know, more than 30 minutes of play. And if that's the case, they're not running enough plays to elevate guys like George Pickens who rely off the big play and just need shot after shot after shot. The offense won't be on the field enough to take those shots. This podcast does not support alcoholism. And now we're going to move on to the hold section. And last week, the hold section featured fantastic calls such as Puka Nakua and Zach Moss, who I didn't even have the balls to start. But two guys who are absolutely, if, if they, I mean, Puka definitely didn't cut get cut. If Zach Moss got cut, add him. That should have been a guy I was talking about in the waiver section. Four guys, well, no, three, and then one general, general thing, uh, who were talking about holding. The first of which, Darren Waller, he's had some lackluster games. He was a little bit better in week five, but with the Daniel Jones injury, there, there could very well be some concern, and I don't blame you for having that concern. I don't think you can trade him for fair value right now is the only problem. He shot he saw 11 targets last week. That was good for almost a 40% target share. That is a higher percentage target share than 
any tight end has had in a game so far this year. More than Travis Kelsey, more than, that is more than TJ Hawkinson, who we talked about earlier in this show. Definitely more than George Kittle, who, oh, George Kittle, also a sell. He had four targets, and three of them turned into a touchdown. It doesn't get better than that. If you can if you can get big value for him, sell him. But anyways, Darren Waller. Big target share. No one else to catch these passes. Tyrod Taylor has always been a quarterback who likes to laser in on one guy. If you're worried about Daniel Jones going down and getting worse quarterback play out of Tyrod Taylor, it's going to affect a lot of people. It's going to affect Giants fans and their eyeballs, but it's not going to affect Darren Waller. He's he's more than likely still got the alpha target share. And James Cook is the next guy we're talking about holding. He just he had a really terrible week. He still played 62% of the snaps. No one else, no other running back on this team topped 30. He didn't get a lot of carries because the Bills were behind a lot in this game. That's not that's not something you're going to see a lot. The Bills are an excellent football team. They are more than likely going to win the majority of their games. They'll probably be in the double digits, more than likely win their division. James Cook, absolutely no fear. Honestly, should have talked about him as a buy, but I didn't, so we're going to talk about him as a hold. There are absolutely better better games in the future. Don't panic based on one stinker. And then Ramondre Stevenson, he is still a guy who I really want to roster. I think that this offense can't possibly get worse. It might not get much better, but they've also just played two incredibly good defenses who you you don't want to start running backs against. Honestly, the last three weeks, they've played the Jets, they've played Dallas, and then they've played New Orleans. Those are matchups that you want to avoid starting a running back against. Ramondre Stevenson, before they started playing those defenses, was getting you easily 10-plus PPR points per game. He gets a much easier matchup this week. He is at he had 50% of the total snaps in this game, and he got benched late in the game because they were just getting completely blown out. Um, Ezekiel Elliott will come up in, on the box score as having more carries just because, you know, Bailey Zappi took the ball and handed it to Ezekiel Elliott, who walked forward for two yards and fell down. He Ramondre is still the clear guy who the Patriots trust the most and want to get the ball to. The better matchups are coming. If you've had him for this long, this is what you've been waiting for. And just a few final thoughts wrapping up this episode. We're going to talk about trades. We're going to talk about spending. We're going to talk about your bench. On the trading side of things, we, we've given we've given lots of trade tips, not just throughout this episode, throughout this show. There's something that needs to be addressed, because this is something that I was confronted with, and I was appalled. If you go to someone and ask to trade for a player, like if I go to you and I say, I am interested in trading for Ramondre Stevenson, and you say, I would trade him for, you know, this value for $100 fab dollars. And I say, 
That's crazy. Ramondre Stevenson is terrible. Look at his last three games. If I'm doing that, I sound like an idiot. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot go to someone and ask for one of their players and then immediately start telling them all the reasons that the player is not good. You immediately lose all credibility, all belief that you are negotiating in good faith. You, you sound like a moron. Don't ever do it. If you're listening to this show and you're in a league with me, I swear to God, if you do this, I will neuter you. Fuck. Don't do it. Like, if you lie about why you want a player, that is more reasonable than doing this. Like, if I say, hey, I'm really interested in acquiring Ramondre Stevenson. He hasn't been super good, but he's also been consistent. And I don't say anything about how, like, I think he's going to bounce back. I think the offense gets better, blah, blah, blah. I can lie about why I want it. And that's fine. But I can't go to someone and say, hey, trade me this player. I think he sucks. Who do you think you are? If, if that works, then whoever is trading with you is going to be very quickly cut from this league. Because they're a dumbass. Moving on. Uh, spending, we always like to talk about spending rules. I, I will always reiterate the two-thirds, one-third rule. The first third of the season, you want to spend roughly around two-thirds of your budget. It's the safest, most consistent thing you can do. If you have a big number in your budget, lower it this week. Do it. It's okay. You should be doing this in preparation for the bye weeks coming up here in week eight. Yeah, I actually just looked it up because I was going to be like, oh, these are all the teams that are on bye in week eight. There's actually no one on bye in week eight, which like, let's talk about that for a second. Why the fuck do we have bye weeks in week five, but we don't have any in week eight? I want to speak to whoever's in charge of that. I also want to speak to every individual person who tries to trade for a player and then starts shitting on the player. I want to speak to everyone who was in charge of both of those things. And I want to bring a weapon to that sit down meeting. And I don't know if I would use the weapon, but I want it to be there. But yeah, the, the point still stands. Like if you, if you've got a big number in your fab budget, now is the time for you to start spending just a bit of it. All right. Don't, don't try to get cute. Don't try to have 100% of your fab still left by week 10, you're more than likely going to have zero fab and zero players left. And then something we always say at the end of this show, your bench has two uses. It is either for holding onto players who you are actively trying to sell, or it is holding onto players with really high upside who might become super valuable. Do not hold on to, quote-unquote, safe floor, guys. If they are not starting in your lineup this week, or if they are not the one backup, who we've talked about before, but I'll talk about it again, how you do the one backup system. You've got, you look at whatever position is in your flex. If I've got a running back in my flex, I want to have a backup wide receiver. So if one of my running backs gets hurt, I move the flex running back into a running back spot. 
backup wide receiver goes into the flex spot. And if a receiver gets hurt, sit the receiver, put my backup wide receiver in the receiver spot. That's fine. That's the only time you should have a quote-unquote safe play sitting on your bench. Other than that, your bench is full of high upside. It's full of guys you are actively trying to sell. And it is perhaps later in the week after you have missed on some acquisitions or sold some players off, then it might be full of a defense that you want to play next week or a quarterback. If you're streaming quarterbacks or if you're, or if your guy's on a buy, he won't be in week eight, but obviously, but week seven. Yeah, that could totally happen. So the, the example we always like to give that, I mean, now it's just embarrassing. So we're going to change it. Don't just roster a Patriots wide receiver because they're projected more than a backup running back. If there is a backup running back on the waiver wire who has a very clear shot at starting if the starter gets hurt, he is a more valuable bench spot than a Patriots wide receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster or Devontae Parker, guys who are just, the offense has looked bad. It's not going to look better anytime soon. They've got to catch passes from Mac Jones. No one wants those guys to start for them. And if no one, if you don't see a reason for someone else to want them to start, there's no reason for them to be on your bench. And with that, we're going to wrap up. Thank you all very much yet again for watching, listening. Um, please go ahead and hit a follow or perhaps a subscribe button. If you've stayed around for this long, you're clearly enjoying the time. So make sure you don't miss it going forward. Uh, this episode again was sponsored by Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Save the Titties, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.